Hey, Clutterbugs, and welcome back to the Clutterbug podcast. I'm excited about today's podcast. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to embarrass myself. I'm I'm going to cry a little bit. I'm definitely going to overly praise today's guest because this is the most exciting podcast ever. This is one of the top moments of my entire life. Today, I'm interviewing my absolute hero, Peter Walsh. And if you've never heard of Peter Walsh, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you for the past 20 years, he has been helping transform people's lives through decluttering and organization. He had an incredible show called Clean Sweep. He was Oprah's personal organizer and he made lots of shows with Oprah. He was on Rachel Ray. He has seven best-selling books on organization, including two that are New York Times bestseller. And still today, he's filming a show in Australia, in Australia called Space Evaders, and it's starting the fourth season. Peter Walsh is, I feel like, the king of organization and I cannot wait for this interview. So let's jump right in. I am beyond excited that you're here today, but I <laughs> like, stop it. No, I have to tell you because um, my assistant, Christy, who set this up, she just had mystery guest put into the calendar. Well, she like, needs I have to know who she needs to be fired I, immediately. She said, <laughs> I know. She said, I was like, I need to prepare. Just give me a hint. And she said, you won't need to prepare. Just don't cry. And I immediately <laughs> be burst into tears. And I cried for two straight hours. You're insane. You've lost your mind. You've clearly lost your mind. I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but I've been waiting 13 years. Oh, you're crazy. Save- Seriously, you're a crazy person. Go on, go on. Um, you changed my life. Oh, you're gorgeous. You are my hero and I owe everything to you. No, come on. Come on, seriously. I do. And, and so I, I'm going to like be mature. Listen, Peter, we're going to have a real (laughs) grown up uh, podcast here, but (laughs) I just, I guess I wanted to tell you and I'm not going to cry, but, um, man, every time I get to help someone. This the way you helped me. It's because of you. Well, it it really is. Um, and every professional organizer I've talked to, including the incredible Matt Paxton, everyone says the same thing. I'm like, who is your inspiration? Who like who's the reason you got started? It's always Peter Walsh. Oh, look, that's lovely of you. You know, it's it's a it's a weird business. Um, you know, and I kind of fell into it to be quite honest, but. Look, the, the truth is, my 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 theory, my philosophy always has been cast that you know, you know, a rising tide lifts every boat, you know, and I really have always believed that. And um, you know, it's it's a very strange business we work in, and um, I don't know, you know, I I love it, I really enjoy it, but and I, you know, I people are always surprised when I say, you know, I really don't care that much about the stuff, you know, but just see the um you know, the change in people's lives to see how it really affects people. I mean, that's what I really enjoy. And I, I'm really bummed that the show that I'm doing now here in Australia, you know, we're about to start filming our fourth season. Um, I'm really bummed that it's not airing 
um, in the US or in North America at all because the whole focus of that show is very much about the human transformation. Um, and that's, you know, that's what really drives me. Um, and, um, you know, I think a lot of shows have gotten so far away from that now, you know, it's, you know, this, the, you know, the, the color edit or whatever it's called, you know, you know, Marie yes. Kondo, you know, they're all, you know, so much of them are just, you know, such bullshit. It drives me oh demented. <laughs> it just drives me demented. Um, you know, man, the, I love all... that. I love that you would say that because uh, one of the things I typed to say here was, does it ever really piss you off that what's popular nowadays in organization is such fluff? Like, that's how I feel. It's such fluff and it's fake. And I feel like it's going to set well, people easy. up for failure. It's, more. it's easy. It's easy. That's see, And that's the thing with TV. See, I've been, it's interesting. Last week, two weeks ago, was the 20th, maybe a little longer than that, very recently, was the 20th anniversary of the very first show I shot for TLC, Clean Sweep. And um, it's interesting that nobody, it was about the same time that Clean House launched with Nisi Nash. And, you know, nobody really knew what organising was. You know, NAPO was in its infancy. Um, and... It was purely because it was purely because of what happened the first day on that very first shoot, which, which coincidentally I was not even supposed to be on. Um, that you know we were not even supposed I was not even supposed to be on that shoot. Um, but the, the, the long story short, it was a, a woman who had two teenage boys, and um, she still had all of their baby's clothes and the. That very first show for Clean Sweep, we were supposed to build storage units in the garage for her, and that was just insane. You know, it was just made no se made no sense to me at all. And when we started shooting, and we had all of her stuff laid out, I said to her, and I don't know where the question came from. Um, I said to her, "Are your best are your best memories with your boys in front of you or behind you?" are your best memories with your boys in front of you or behind you? And in that moment, she completely collapsed into tears. And um, and she jumped up and ran away from me. And I, I was very naive myself. I hadn't done much TV. And I just said to the camera guy and the um, sound guy, let's go. And we chased her down the street. Um, and it turned out that she had always wanted another child. Her husband wasn't that interested. And she, when she looked at those baby clothes, what she saw was when she felt most valuable as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, um, and when being asked to get rid of those clothes, what she heard was, I don't value, in her husband, she heard him saying, I don't value that period of your life. Because she didn't see them as baby clothes, she saw them as markers of of the time she felt most valuable in her life. Um, and once we talked that through, he was really surprised at that. Um, and we discovered there was another woman on the street who had adopted a couple of babies from China, or was about to, and we got them talking to each other. She gave all those clothes to this woman, agreed that she would love to babysit for her. We never built the organising units, and that completely changed the whole direction of what I did. And, it, and it's, it's been that ever since. I don't care about the stuff. It's about 
dealing with the power that the stuff has because it's never about the stuff. And I think, you know, a lot of the TV stuff, the problem in making TV shows is that producers want spectacle Mm -hmm. and spectacle usually wins out over substance um, unless you have the weight to pull it back from that. And, you know, fortunately I'm the executive producer of the show here in Australia, Space Invaders, um, and it's, you know, certainly one of the highest rating shows of its kind in Australia. And that's why, I you know, I don't, I don't agree with all these other shows that are really about the fluff Um, and it's Mm. a real problem because or they're about promoting brands and selling product, which again, you know, buying more stuff to organize the stuff that you don't need. Um, It's just insanity, you know, and and it's just rampant consumerism, you know, under the guise of organizing, um, which is propelling our planet towards destruction. I hate it. I really hate it and I you know I rail against it. Yeah. I feel exactly the same way and I don't I don't often talk about it because um you know I feel like oh I don't want to offend anyone or seem like I'm being catty. But when let's talk about clean sweep because I watched reruns it was 2008 when I turned on the TV at my lowest point in my life drowning in clutter covered mm-hmm. in baby clothes um mm-hmm. feeling like a failure as a mother. And as a human being, couldn't even get the dishes done most days, mm-hmm. uh, couldn't find clothes, couldn't find my shoes, couldn't find my phone. And I watched Clean Sweep. And it wasn't about the transformation of the pretty before and after. Mm-hmm. The words that you said about, you know, I deserve this. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not honoring memories by keeping it. that This quote, you know, you said you're not honoring your loved one's memories by keeping them in a dusty box in your basement. Mm-hmm. And and you inspired me to get up and try again. And I was able to declutter my home and then organize my home. And it really ignited a passion from that television show mm. on TLC. It changed my life. I, and when I talk to other people, I'm hearing the same thing. It was like, that this catalyst moment in my life where I heard the words I needed to hear and realize it wasn't about all the things I thought were important. It was about me and my family and I needed to decide what was important today and for my future tomorrow. And I, I got rid of probably 75% or mm-hmm. 80% of my things mm-hmm. after watching that show. You know, it, it's, there are two, two interesting points there. Number one is that every single family I work with We'll start by saying, you know, I, I don't think I can get rid of anything or, you know, I might be able to get rid of 10 or 20%. Without exception, 75, 80% is the benchmark. Without exception, it goes because they just don't, don't touch it or use it. Um, you know, and the second thing is that one of the things I realized early on is that if you don't judge, you can say pretty much anything to people because, you know, it come, for me, it comes from a place of honesty and, you know, I... I simply hold up a mirror to people, that's my view, and and frequently I give people permission that for some reason they will not give themselves. And and we're all caught, you know, we're all caught in this belief and it's so it's so pummeled into us that if you just buy the right things, you can acquire the life that you want. You know, and, and you know, that starts from 
you know, prenatal. You know, if you just buy this right crib, if you just buy these right diapers, if you just buy this right this right stroller, then you know you'll have a much happier baby. You know, you can put your baby, a newborn baby, to sleep in a cardboard box, and the baby's just going to be just as happy if they're sleeping, you know, in a twelve hundred dollar designer crib. You know, it, it's no different. And yet, if you walked into someone's house and they had the baby sleeping, you know, in a drawer that they'd pulled out of a dresser, or in a cardboard box lined with, you know, a comfortable mattress and and sheets and, and, and blankets, you'd be absolutely mortified. But, I mean, you know, there's no difference. But yet, you know, society tells us the more you spend, the more expensive the gift, the greater the love. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so twisted. It's twisted. And then once we've purchased that thing, once we own it, it feels very wrong for people to now let it go. Almost like you're admitting that you made the mistake in the first place or it feels wasteful. So I'm just going to quote, listen, this, it's all too much. (laughs) Stop it. Because uh, as soon as I watched Clean Sweep, I watched all the episodes, which was only on for what, two seasons? Yeah, it's funny. You know, we we shot 120 episodes of that show um, and it was wildly successful. um, But there was a change in management at this. That's the bottom line. There was a change in management at... um, at TLC and they decided to shift away from a lot of those kinds of, you know, home-based do-it-yourself programs like trading spaces and, um, and, um, clean sweep. Um, and they didn't, they didn't make any more. Um, they've never released the show on DVD or, or, you know, digital form. And this even 20 years later, and it's now 20 years since we made the first show, um, you know, and I've made shows on the OWN network. I had five years with Oprah. Um, you know, I have, you know, been 10 seasons on Rachel Ray. The the consistent question or consistent show that I'm most asked about is Clean Sweep. Still, mm. all these years later. Yeah, it, it was um, life-changing. That's why. Yeah. Because yeah. it was, it changed my life, Peter, in such a fundamental way. I I. I, I, I say every time any I do interviews, 10 interviews a week, and they always say, how'd you get started? And I say, clean sweep, mm. because it's the truth. And, yeah, you know, and it, I, it's, to, Sorry, to that point, you know, it's funny. Very early on, I got an email, which I still have in my file at home, of um, a woman who was sitting at home um, in a terrible, I won't go into detail, but suffice to say she was in you know, a, a just nightmarish situation. And she was sitting at home with a gun in her lap intending to shoot herself. And um, by whatever, you know, you know, wrinkle in the universe, um, Clean Sweep came on. And the, she had the same experience. You know, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird thing, you know, the power of the show um, and, and the effect it had on, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. Um, and to this day, you know, they, as I say, people still talk about it. Sorry, I interrupted you there. No, yeah, it, it has a ripple effect. And, you know, I am a huge fan of Matt Paxton. He's mm-hmm. on Hoarders. I know you know Matt. As am I, uh, yep. He also, I mean, credits his career with you and and also was inspired by Clean Sweep. And and yet when we try to find it on the internet or YouTube, it's like no, it's it's no. nowhere. And it's such a life-changing thing. But 
people can find It's All Too Much. So as soon as I was watching Clean Sweep, I immediately bought your book. I read it covered. This is like my 10th copy because it's my Bible. I, it's a, I use it's a little teachings. Da- it's a little dated. It's a little Stop dated. It. Yeah, it's a little I dated. Use this, I use this today still in when I'm organizing for people, when I'm teaching people how to declutter. Uh-huh. I think it's the greatest organizing book ever written. I do because it's about the emotion, because mm-hmm. it's about the why you you're struggling mm-hmm. and right like right at the very beginning you say are you saving enough to f- are you saving enough stuff to furnish a whole alternate universe in mm-hmm. which a skinnier you uses the dusty abdominal crunch machine every morning before inserting all your photos into your new album and then you don the old wig you've been storing in your costume party you're hosting at which everyone will be lounging on the extra chairs you have sitting in your basement for the last six years. And I remember reading this and literally looking over at my crunch machine. Now, nobody has that anymore. Let's let's replace that with yoga mat or yoga ball. But um, the rest is so true. This fantasy of someday we're going to use, and it's not just one or two things. It's thousands of things that are suffocating us and you always talk about letting go as being as living a richer life with less stuff which is so ironic because most people struggle to let go because they don't want to waste the money yeah i, I think there's a couple of things in there the first one is that um this this difference differentiation that i call the product and the promise that people buy a product, but they invest in the promise. So, for example, you know, you buy the treadmill, the product, but what you're really investing in is the promise that it will somehow magically make you, uh, you know, healthier. You know, you invest in the in the skinny jeans, the product, but the promise you're investing in is that somehow it will make your, you know, your butt tighter, firmer, more attractive. You know, you in you buy, you know, you you buy the car, the house, you know, the the, the sweater, the watch, you know, the most recent recent ele- piece of electronics. But what you're really investing in is the promise that somehow it will make you, you know, smarter, hipper, groovier, you know, more attractive to friends and family, whatever. And the problem is that houses are are full of of all of these products, but your life your your soul is littered with all of these unfulfilled promises and that's where the emptiness comes from because people are looking at fulfillment through stuff and so they have the stuff but then can't work out while they still have this massive emptiness it's because none of the promises are fulfilled that's that's one of the huge you know that's one of the huge kind of um disparities in 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 you know, putting all your putting all your eggs in one basket, I guess, or, or looking at looking at the stuff to give you to to fulfill your life's desires. Um, you know, and and the the second thing is that it's it's interesting that if you look in in Christianity, you know, the word covet, you know, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods, one of the Ten Commandments. And you know, as a being raised a Catholic, I never really understood what that meant, but as an adult and working in this business, I've come to realize that covet is an incredibly powerful word. 
and even thousands of years ago, you know, when when the the Ten Commandments were were constructed, covet. I've realised that the the that that comparison is the root of all unhappiness. You know, you look at what someone else has, you look at what someone in an ad has, and worst of all, you look at what someone on social media has, whether it's the clothes, the jewellery, the car, the holiday, or even the fake smile, and you want that, you covet that. And we all are now coveting what someone else has instead of being happy with what we have. And once you covet, once you compare, you're on a fast track to unhappiness and emptiness of your soul. And that's what wanting stuff, investing in stuff as the source of happiness does to you. It just eats you out from the inside. I think we all know this, like on a fundamental level, but we have these moments of weakness where we buy things we shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And and we've made the purchases. It's the letting go of those things that are, we look around and we see empty promises and we look, we see wasted money and we see that it's stealing our space. And for me, in my cluttered state, I hated myself because I looked around and thought, why can't I get my life together? Why am I so lazy? Why don't I have Uh self-discipline? What's wrong with me that Mm -hmm. other people can seem to do it and yet I can't? And really what I needed to do was have the courage to just put stuff in a trash bag or put it into the donation. I needed that. But it it, felt like failure. And I I, I think it is. Well, that's because, you know, you're thinking of, you know, I've spent good money on it. You know, it's kind of cost versus value. You know, you've spent money on it, but but you don't want to let it go because you don't want to waste that money. But then, okay, that's the value, but what's it costing you? You know, it's kind mm-hmm. of sunk cost already. You know, you've you spent the money, it's sunk cost. I mean, I hear that all the time, you know, and then the excuse, well, you know, I don't want to put it into landfill. Well, usually that's usually that's just a procrastination. Um, but look, the other thing too is, you know, you, you're no different to most people. You, you tend to be, you know, people tend to be too hard on themselves and think they're unique. You know, we're all, we're all struggling eight-year-olds who want the approval of our parents or someone, you know, in their place who don't want to admit we make mistakes, who don't want to admit that we're often confused, who don't want to admit that, yeah, we want to grab that extra cookie out of the cookie jar when mum and dad aren't looking. I mean, we're all, you know, we're yeah. all the same. We're all exactly the same. And I think that's that's why it's important, especially in this business, you know, that you need a healthy dose of, you know, empathy and to, you know, eschew judgment, you know, that like we're all the, we're all the same. Everyone's struggling with some shit. Everyone's dealing with their own demons. Um, and so, you know, you need to understand that, you know, everybody's struggling with something and the stuff in your home, the stuff in everyone's home has a story. And for some, those stories are good. And for some, those stories are horrendous, but it's easier, as weird as it sounds, it's often easier to hold on to 
the horror than it is to let go and, you know, slip into the unknown. That's who we are. Yeah. I, but once I started letting go, it became very addicting. I'm going to tell yeah. the truth. I'm a little bit addicting to decluttering an organization. Yeah. Because I immediately felt really proud of myself and I immediately saw all the benefits of having less, which is I had more time. I mm-hmm. had I was no longer looking for things. I felt, I felt, I think that was the biggest change in me. Like mm-hmm. I felt more in control. Yeah, yeah. I felt like I was more confident and I was more confident. And that trickled to every single aspect of my life. My relationships improved. My finances improved. Um, I just, and yep. I started this incredible career helping other people mm-hmm. transform their lives the exact same way. And I'm just, I'm so grateful to you, but I feel like the work is not done. No, well, it never, you know, it never is. Millions of people struggling. You know, it's, it's interesting. And I, I tell this regularly that in 20 years, every single time I have worked with a family where there are children involved, young children, without exception, every single time when I, work to declutter and organize a space, when children come back into that decluttered, organized um, space, without exception, children start to dance Mm -hmm. every single time. And And they twirl and they spin. And I think that's because kids instinctively realize that with the stuff gone, now there's room for, with the physical stuff gone, there's now room for all the important stuff to flow in, whether that's, you know, love or generosity or warmth or motivation, you know, all the psychic stuff that's really important can now fill the space. And, and I think that kind of, of energy um, children are much more in tune to than cynical old people like us. Yeah. Okay, I, I do have to ask because you're Australian Mm-hmm. How the heck did you end up on a television show in the U.S. doing organize? Were you an organizing expert before? Like, how no. the heck did you fall into this? Well, you have to realize it was nineteen. Uh, when it was like two thousand three. I have a background. I have a very varied background. In I was originally an elementary school teacher. Um, I have a master's in ed psych. Um, I've worked in health promotion and drug abuse prevention here in Australia. Um, uh, for quite a few years. Um, I'd also come to America in 1997 uh, with a partner. We had a, a large international uh, interpersonal skills training company for uh, mainly for corporations, you know, around uh, decision-making skills, uh, giving and receiving feedback, um, uh, you know, handling difficult employees, all of that kind of interpersonal skills training and organizational change in businesses. Um, and then I got involved in the whole dot-com craze um, in early 2000 and rode that up and basically rode it screaming into the ground. And I had a group of friends in LA who, um, who were tasked by, they were making um, reality TV programs at a production company in LA. And um, they were making this pilot for Discovery called Clean Sweep. And um, I happened to be there one day for lunch with some friends. And one of them said to me, it was just when Simon Cowell was making it big on uh, America's Got Talent, and I have an accent, and Americans think that if you have an accent, you're much smarter than you really are. And um, 
And one of them said to me, look, you've got experience in organizing in businesses. You have an accent. You know, you've got a bit of a experience in education and so on. You would be great at this. And because I'm a crazy Australian and I knew nothing would ever happen, I did an audition and I got the gig. And it that, just I kind mean, of, I just went from there. You intuitively knew then, because I've I've watched every episode a bunch of times, like on reruns. I was watching it in 2008 and it was done, I think, in 2004. So that was like four years later. Yeah. Um, you had a way of seeing the truth in people. You had a way of of cracking open their shell and getting to the why they were struggling with clutter that was so, I mean, I, I quote you on a daily basis. I do, because mm. you saw it before anyone else, mm. like no one else was talking about it. No one else was no. seeing it in that way. So this is just like some natural talent, not I, I, from look, God, I, because I, you I, don't, I, but from someone. Well, Look, I don't know. I don't, you know, it's a great question. I, and I say this very humbly, I don't know why it is that people open themselves up to me as readily as they do, but they do. Um, and I, I take that responsibility very seriously. Um, you know, I kind of joke that, um, that part of it is because I used to teach kindergarten kids. That gave me a lot of training in this area. Um, part of it is because you know, um, my mother was one of 13 children and she grew up on an outback farm in Queensland and was very pragmatic. Neither of my parents finished eighth grade. I've got six brothers and sisters and they put the seven of us through education. I grew up, you know, a uh, very working class family and very pragmatic parents. I don't know, you know, it's just always been about, in, you know, in my life about being practical. Um, I don't know, you know, and being responsible for what you own. You know, as kids, we didn't, ha we had, did not have a lot as kids. Um, you were, you know, you were held accountable for what you owned and what you did. Um, I don't know, you know. I just love working with people, um, and I kind I of. I think you're not. You, I mean, you. Okay, I'm going to quote your book again. Listen to me. Oh dear God! Clutter robs us of real value. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many, I, I quote you on a daily basis. I say, somebody says to me, um, oh, I spent good money on that. I said, the money was gone the moment you bought it. That's you. This is, Peter, <laughs> listen to me. I'm going to admit, the things that come out of my face are just your <laughs> lessons coming out. And these are like guru, life-changing, mm. life skills lesson about stuff mm. and you're an incredible writer. You're a New York Times bestseller multiple times. Hold the phone here. <laughs> but the thing like, is, but look, thank you. Thank you. And look, I'm not, but, but the, the, the other side of it is that if you, spend, if you spend all your time in a pool swimming, you learn how to swim pretty well. You know, and I spend so much of my time, you know, with, with people. You know, when we were shooting Clean Sweep, we were shooting two shows a week. So I would spend, I would declutter two, you know, two large rooms of two houses every week. And that was just, and we did 120 episodes of that show. So it was a crazy schedule. And you just, you got, I don't know, you know, you just develop a facility for very quickly reading a room, for reading people, for looking at their stuff. 
and being able to tell. I can walk into a room and tell you very quickly what's going on in a family and in a relationship. And it's because, you know, in the same way that, that a builder can walk into up to a house and tell you, you know, how the room was built or a doctor can look at a patient. You know, I don't pretend mm. to have that level of, of professional skills, but, you know, having educational training, you know, a master's in education, you know, work for years in drug abuse prevention, understanding risk reduction and harm, harm reduction strategies, having worked in, you know, in, in health promotion, you know, having worked in, you know, making interpersonal skills training, you know, award-winning programs for corporations around all of those areas. It all just weirdly comes together, you know, in a way that only the universe understands. I certainly don't understand how it all happened. It's very serendipitous, but I'm glad that it did, and I'm thrilled that, uh, you know, I'm able to do this. But I can tell you, the very first time I spoke to NAPO, which was probably 2004, 2005, I did not have a good reception. It was, I was not, well, oh, God, no. A, a, a lot of people did not, I was not welcomed by a lot of people at the very first uh, National Association of uh, Productivity and Organising um, people, or it was called National Association of Professional Organisers then, uh, because the uh, clean sweep had not launched very long, and the feeling was, and I think justifiably so, um, that the show painted a very unrealistic picture of how how the process was done, you know, how quickly a home could be decluttered, um, you know, and and I actually asked that. That was one of the first questions I asked the audience, which I think they were shocked about. I said, "How many people think I should not be here as the keynote speaker?" And there was this stunned silence. Well, that's I mean, that's what I'm like. Let's get things out in the open. And there was this incredible silence and real hesitancy and then I don't know maybe a third of the people put their hands up and I said I'm really thrilled I thank you for being so honest and I think these are probably your reasons and they absolutely were and you know I think audiences that's you know 17 years ago nearly 20 years ago you know audiences then were very naive about it all but the other side of it was that that marked you know a hockey stick growth in People, you know, you're you're an example of people who saw the show and decided to adopt, you know, adopt the the uh, you know the, a career in professional organising. I think it, for many people then it was a housewife hobby, as much as people hated mm. to th to call it that. And you know, professional organisers, I think, in many cases, were treated as glorified house cleaners. And I said that too, and people hated me saying that, you know. Um, and I think even to this day, you know. There are some people who just, you know, stick the name professional organizer on their, you know, on their on their door and should not be should not be professional organizers, you know, and mm. you know, and, and and the skill the skill and scale of the profession differs. Some people should just be color coding clothes in closets, and some people should be, you know, have have much greater uh, interpersonal skills and should be you know, working, you know, to affect interpersonal change, but it's it's difficult to monitor those. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to talk about some things I've never actually talked about because I, I feel like you will get it. Uh, as a professional organizer, I feel like I'm a bit of a fraud because I'm not a detailed, make it pretty person. I'm not Good. a line everything up and label Good. everything. When I, and I've been doing this for 
10 years. I stopped working with clients about three years ago, but mm. 10 years I worked with clients. I'm There's never a client that I didn't remove at least a truckload of stuff from their home. When I'm going to somebody's house, we're eliminating. And so they say that clean sweep is unrealistic. I mean, I've never done a whole house, but I can promise you this. I've never done a house where I didn't remove in one day a truckload of bags and bags and boxes. Mm -hmm. That's my job is to get to their why, to crack them open, mm -hmm. to expose it, to help them heal by letting go of the stuff. And I take that very seriously. But when I did a show, I did, I did two seasons on HGTV. Going into that show, I thought like, we're going to do this real. And the feedback I got from HGTV was, we don't want tears. We want a pretty transformation. Yeah. And I spent days with these families, um, like snot bubbles, emotions. They had huge transformations personally. And almost all of that was cut from the show. Sure. Yeah, well, that, that's a production choice. That's a, that's a choice that networks, that companies make about the kind of program they're making for their viewers. They make a choice about who their target audience is. And that's what I meant before about, you know, the, produ the producers often want spectacle over substance. In your case, spectacle, when, when I say it, spectacle usually means more stuff. They believe that there's more stuff. Um, it's more compelling. But for me, you know, my, my, I, I have much greater respect for my audience um, than that because I think that people, and it's been proven here, the last season of the show here, Space Invaders, uh, the ratings were growing between 17 and 20% week over week here with our last season. And the show, while there is a very strong renovation component, uh, there are actually three co-hosts, there are two co-hosts with me on the show. Um, so there's a really fantastic renovation component, but there's a massive personal transformation component. And it's the one that I think people tune in most. I mean, you know, I've vested interest in saying this, um, but, it, but we do absolutely do not steer away from that because otherwise, the, you know, the tr personal transformation makes no sense unless you see the emotional journey. Um, but that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's the problem if you're, if you're a hired talent, as you are, with, to put it bluntly, no power. Um, you have no power in a production. Um, whereas here, um, you know, I basically conceived this show, and so I do have power, and fortunately the production company, and I see eye to eye on this. And you... and. The truth is, if you spent days shooting a show, you know, we spend four days shooting our show and it's cut to 43 minutes. Um, and, you know, often, often the show that's aired is not the show you remember making. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's the nature of TV. You know, you have to understand that that's the nature of television. Um, and that's where a lot of criticism comes from that people will say, oh, you didn't do this or you didn't do that. Well, that's because it's on the cutting room floor. And it's a shame because, you know, it, a TV, you know, was initially conceived as a, you know, a great, or was thought of as a great tool for education. And now it's, you know, it feels like it's a great tool for dumbing down the masses. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, you've done a great thing in terms of, you know, creating your own channels and producing the own, your own content 
in a way that you can control and push out there um, rather than through through mass media and I think TV particularly is a dying medium um, you know nobody watches TV anymore um, says me who you know is still making a TV show but the truth is particularly in the United States you know audiences are dropping I think it's the latest numbers are somewhere like between 10 and 14 percent year over year um, you know nobody's watching TV certainly not young people anyway so, and you know, so this I, is the other thing. This is my thing. So I love my YouTube channel because I can I can talk and I can teach, mm -hmm. and I can be passionate. And hopefully, mm -hmm. I'm try every time I'm trying to inspire them to get off the couch and change their life. That's always mm -hmm. my goal. But now with TikTok coming in, and there's a change again. People want give it to me, give yeah. it to me, give it to me. It's very hard to connect with someone in thirty seconds. I'm fairly pessimistic about um you know where we're headed as well i'm i may not be the guy um you know to answer to answer this for you i don't have a very kind of positive outlook on you know on on where we're headed in terms of global consumption in terms of what we're doing to the environment you know i walk into stores you know into any of the large uh, variety stores um you know homeware stores and look at all the all the crap you know, that's being, you know, manufactured that we absolutely don't need that people are filling their homes with, um, you know, at incredibly cheap prices. So if it's cheap, it must be good. Um, or if it's cheap, I'm going to buy it. You know, that's what drives people. But the thing is that, you know, and, you know, if we want to be more organized, you know, to be organized, organ or to be organic and organized come from the same root, you know, organic, whole human complete one you know that's what organic is and if we want to be organized it's not about our stuff it's about our home our head our hearts our hips our health you know and we're global citizens now if we want to be organized then you know it's about not the stuff we buy it's about the lives we live and that's you know that's kind of the message i have now after 20 years of working in this you know i'm very dispirited looking at the fact that, you know, consumption is still at an all-time high, you know, that people are still buying crap they don't need, uh, you know, this this seeming nas international covet covetness uh, fostered by the internet, you know, people still look to stuff to, to fulfill their lives. Here's what I'm going to say. Yep. I think the greatest way to stop consumerism as an individual, this is personally, to stop that addiction of buying is to feel the pain of decluttering. When I had to declutter, and it hurt, it's like getting spanked with a ruler by a nun. You're like, ouch, I might not. It makes you stop and think when you're at the store, when you feel the pain of letting go and like, I shouldn't have bought that. Ooh, I got to donate it. Ooh, I shouldn't have bought this. Look at all this stuff I wasted money. It makes you stop and think twice when you're at the store. So when we have this big problem of overconsumption and all of us have these shopping addictions, how do you as a person stop this habit? I think you can make a, you can stop this yourself if you're listening by filling a bag by looking at your stuff and being real with yourself and feel the pain of letting go, you know you should, you're going to think twice when you're at the store, of, of, of 
the more you let go of, the more you appreciate what you have. The more you just let go of all the excess, the, the more fulfilled you feel and the less likely you are to make those impulse buys at the store. And I know this because I've seen it with myself and I've seen it with thousands and thousands of my clients as well. Peter? Yeah, look, it's it's interesting. It's it's the paradox of the less, you know, that everyone thinks that, that more is better. And it, it's funny how you can be so filled with filled with so much by embracing the less and I see mm. it constantly too that every single time when I have helped people let go of stuff um, and only bring back into how I, I can't remember who it was who originally said this it's not my quote you should only have things in your home that are beautiful and useful and when I've ha ha helped people to get to that point and the things that they do keep are treated in their home with honor and respect that that feeling that you have when you go on holidays and you step into a hotel room or step into a place you're staying and you just have that that feeling of, oh, wow, this is so relaxing, this is so beautiful. You can, you can create that feeling every time you open the front door of your own home. Um, and if you don't have that feeling, why don't you have that feeling? And you can get to that. Um, and that is that is the paradox of the less that by having less you can actually give you and your family so much more than you ever imagined, um, and it's only by letting go that you actually come to discover that. As weird as that sounds, that's the truth. And, and for me, that's that's where the bright light is in all of this. Yeah, it's a bright light for me too. I'm impulsive. I have ADHD. So I had a shopping problem. I still, I'll go to the store, I'll be like, oh, look at these candles. Ooh, two for one, they're on sale. But my brain goes, where are you going to put it, Kaz? You already have candles at home. Are you going to have to just declutter this? This is now my brain stops me because I've done the work mm -hmm. of living with less. I now have this unconscious break when it comes to buying things I shouldn't. And that came from decluttering a mm -hmm. lot over and over and over again. And this is something you can do too. You can save yourself money. You can save yourself so much by being brave enough to let go of the things in your home. Okay. I do have to talk about one more thing because mm -hmm. this is going to be my new Bible. <laughs> let it go. Yeah. It's my favorite I have book aging, yeah. I have aging parents. Um, my stepfather has terminal cancer he only has a few months left. And so mm -hmm. my mother is very aware of having to downsize and let go. And this is the most emotional, just, I have aging parents who now have to downsize and I obviously am going to have to be their support in this. And I read the words in your book and I feel like I got this a little bit better, but what was your inspiration for this book? Um, my it's my recent recent book, Let It Go, Downsizing. Um, it's a whole process for downsizing. Um, after my mum passed away, um, my six, <clears throat> three brothers, three sisters, and I basically had to go through the whole process of of decluttering, downsizing the family home, and basically from years of doing that process with families, and then the whole very personal. Um, approach of doing it with my own siblings, with my own family, um, that's where the book came from. So it's both 
kind of a personal journey um, and also 20 years really of 15 years of collected knowledge of how that process works. Um, and it really is a very kind of how-to book built on personal experience. And how do you get to, how do you decide what to let go of? How, more importantly, how do you decide what to keep when you downsize? How do you decide how much of what you are keeping to keep? Um, you know, how to negotiate that with, with, uh, with other people in the family? Um, what are the methods for letting go of stuff? Um, yeah, it's it's it was an interesting exercise with my brothers and sisters, to say the least. Well, I I'm grateful for it, and I'm going to put the link down below for anyone else who I just think every one of your books is a must. I'm just going to say that. I want to talk about two things before we go. First is with all these popular organizers up here. Do you ever think I said it first, and I said it better, bitches? Um, because <laughs> I think um, that every day. Um, like, he wears the crown. He is the king. Um, yeah, that does occur to me pretty regularly, actually. Um, yeah, you know, I'm glad. Um, it's all too much was translated into Japanese many years ago, um, and I pointed that out at some stage to someone, and um. That was an interesting moment. That's about as much as I'll say about that. Um, I'm going to say it. People always say Marie Kondo was the queen of organization. And I always follow that up with long live the king because you said it <laughs> please first. Don't say, don't, and please, you said it better. And I do. And that. I say it because it's the truth. And I want you to know that we know that. We know that and we we as a as look, a community it's a big, of it, look, organizers a, uh, no 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 look it's a big sand pit and i really do believe this it's a big big sand pit and there's enough room there's enough room for everyone look it's it's more amusing than anything you know it's i mean i'm not sure there's even one original thought in the universe anymore so look if it helps people real i mean to be honest if it helps people, it's very who humble cares, of you. Well, I don't know. You know, you don't know me that well to be able to say that. I just find it very amusing that F sharp is the, uh, if, I think that's what it is. F sharp is the best note to which to start decluttering. And so, you know, Marie selling F sharp tuning forks on her website, I just find that the most amusing thing of all. But, I did not know. Just can we collectively eye roll? It's fine. No, it's don't. Fine. Look, okay, look, I have... it's, look, it's, look, it's, it's really about, look, I'm, I'm, I'm being kind of, I'm being silly here. Look, it's horses for courses. And and I really mean that. Look, I have I, I, I don't agree with Marie Kondo's methodology. Um I, I've I've worked with Marie and I met her before. She's absolutely lovely and delightful. Um I and I wish her a huge commercial success and I genuinely mean that. I just don't agree with her methodology. I really don't. I think it's I think it's naive and I you know, I just don't I just don't think it would work for most of the people I work with, you know. If you asked, if you asked a hoarder or you asked a child, you know, show me everything that sparks joy. Good luck. Mm. Um, certainly, in my experience, it would never work. Um, and so, I just don't agree. I think, I think, I just don't agree with her methodology. That's, and she probably doesn't agree with mine. But the fact is, it works for many people. And yes. if it works for them good for them if it gets to the yes. right outcome. That's what yeah. I believe. And you that's, what what I mean. that's what I mean. That's what I. That's what I believe. 
Yeah. Yeah. She made decluttering. Uh, she inspired people to declutter. Yeah. And that's at the end of the day, all that matters. But mm-hmm. I just wanted to let you know that um, you're the king. Okay. Yeah. One last thing I want to say before sure. I let you go. I appreciate you so much. I can't watch Space Invaders and this crushes me every day. I've tried a yep. million ways to like illegally download it. Can you please just think about something in the future? I hope you get 50 seasons. But when it's done, can you put it on YouTube so it's the be- masses it's, it's, can it's see way, it for free? That is way beyond my pay grade. Um, <sighs> I would love for it to be available digitally, you know, through through mm. the interwebs. But it is beyond. I do not own the content, so I I I have no control over that. I'm sorry. I wish I could, and if I could, it would be up tonight. But unfortunately, I cannot do that. Well, then I'm crossing my fingers that someday this is available. I mean, I'll buy it on iTunes. I'll buy it on Amazon <laughs> Prime. Sell it to Netflix because the world needs this. The world needs to hear your wisdom to find the courage to let go because that's what you gave me. You gave me the courage, the wisdom, the knowledge, the life skills to let go. And I mean, the organization is easy. The organization is nothing. Mm -hmm. Now you're just putting stuff into baskets. The real work is letting go. And um, you taught me that. So. So thank you. Peter. Well, and thank That's you, right. and thank you for the work. Well, and thank you for the work you do. You know, um, look, you know, I I accept the fact that I inspired you, and I'm, you know, thank you. I'm glad for that. But the truth is, at the end of the day, and when people say that, the the reality is that that may well be the case. But you, they did the hard work. That's the truth. You know, that's the other side of that coin. I might have been an inspiration, but I wasn't there to do the hard work. And I think that's why I, you know, you say I'm humble about it, but it's because I know the work that's involved in getting from inspiration to reality. Um, So, you know, you did that, not me, you did that. And so you need to take, you know, the the lion's share of the credit for that, Um, as as does anyone who's climbed out of, you know, a cluttered, overwhelming, you know, amount of stuff in their home. Um, and that's where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in awe every time I work with people who, for whatever reason, make that decision and, and manage to make that real in their lives. So thank you. But, you know, thank, thanks to you. For, you know, you do great work. All your stuff is absolutely amazing. You know, I'm, I'm pleased to be, you know, playing in the same sandpit as you. Well, uh, we're not in the same sandpit, but I'm, yeah, I'm grateful to have a, a couple of uh, little bits of your sand. No, we're both in there. We're both in there. I'm I'm honestly so eternally grateful to you. I'm glad I didn't cry like a baby during this podcast. <laughs> but um, when somebody, I'll be 90 years old and somebody will say to me on my deathbed, they'll say, who let's, is your hero? Let, let, and it will always Dial it back, dial it back, dial it back. It's, it's lovely. true. It's lovely to talk to you. It's, it's lovely. And fire your assistant for not telling you who the guest was tonight, okay? <laughs> I love her. No, she, I, 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 she, she just put a smiley face. I literally burst into tears. Look at, I'm getting emotional now. Stop it. Thank you, Peter, for being My here pleasure, today. Guys. And I'm going to put links in the description. If you, if you haven't watched Peter Walsh, go to his YouTube channel, go to his website. Um, let's all coll- write a, like a, <laughs> a, a letter to Aust- the government of Australia to release space invaders season four is in preparation now. Um, 
just it's such an honor to be able to speak with you. So Absolutely you. my pleasure. Anytime I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. We'll see you later. And for thank sure. you for listening.